Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for weekly Drunken Magic the Gathering arena content. Yeah, basically we're regular dudes drinking some irregular beer and we're talking about Magic the Gathering arena and regularly we talk about competitive play. We sure do. Also, it's episode 26. Yay! Woohoo! We did it! Yeah, so Zach wanted to celebrate episode 25. (laughs) What's that, you know? Well, 26, as you know, for a weekly podcast, represents half a year. Yeah. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't think about that. I just thought 25, that's half of 50. That's good. That's good enough. <laughs> um, I mean, we, since we didn't do a podcast every week, it, I don't think one actually makes more sense than the other, but I like 26. Yeah, I, I get it now. Once, once you explained it to me, <laughs> me who, who does not do math. Extremely well. All right. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so this week we are talking about Strixhaven, and these are like our first takes or first sips on the format, uh, or set, rather. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, and also we're doing our worth a slot segment where we talk about uh, new cards from the set and whether they are worth a slot in standard decks. Which is an absolute Arena Regulars classic. It definitely is. Uh, <laughs> but as always, each week we both bring a beer, we drink our own, then drink each other's, then rate them on a scale of bronze to mythic and choose the best for last. And with that, Jeff, what's on tap? All right. So this week I brought Endless Summer. Okay. Something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pineapple sour and it's from Manitoulin. So the astute listener might remember some number of weeks ago, I brought a Manitoulin beer uh, that was in just a, an ale. Uh, that I really liked. Um, right. Well, I don't know if I really liked it, but I liked it. And so when I was, you know, in the LCBO looking again, I saw another Manitoulin, and this one seemed like a nice, you know, bright, sour beer. So decided to give that one a try. It's 4.3%, and the can is like somebody surfing on a summer day with the sunset, but the sun is a slice of pineapple, so I liked that. Nice. Um, I have brought... A beer called Faces. So it's from Wellington Brewing Company. Uh, is a double IPA with Mosaic and Simcoe hops and is 8.5%. Um, I would like to say uh, it has won several awards. It is both a silver winner and a bronze winner. Um, however, on our show, I hope that it is uh, better than silver and bronze. Yeah, it's about to get an even better award. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Cross your fingers. Uh, and then the can actually has some really interesting art on it. It's like a bunch of heads coming out of the ground that are giant, and then a bunch of little or normal-sized people, I don't know, kind of gardening <laughs> the heads, like making making them look I nice. See. It's very interesting. Um, anyway, right into it, magic news this week. Strixhaven just came out. Hooray! It's been here for a wow. week as of the, the when this podcast I feel like we've been out. talking about Strixhaven for so long. Holy shit, yeah. spoiler for the first commands was so far ahead of the set. It was so long ago. I... <laughs> Man, that was nuts. Um, so finally, we get to play with the cards. And, well, we'll talk about that in a moment. But you know what comes with Strixhaven that we, well, I'm really happy about? What's that? Stickers. We got more oh, stickers. <laughs> um, we how, did indeed. However, this time they did realize that stickers are a hot commodity, so you have to buy them from the store. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't remember how much they were, but I, I, just, I just clicked the button. I just said, give it to me. I haven't done it yet. I don't know how much I like these stickers. No. Okay. So there are three. So there's Professor Onyx and then there's Will and uh, Rowan Kenrith. Um, mm-hmm. So 
uh, I think Rowan is like a happy dance thing, and then Professor Onyx is like she's she's smacking the, her like wand against her hand. But the Will one is him doing like equations in his head, and he's really confused. And that oh, one that's great. works really well. It's like that meme of in, the instead woman instead of the thinking. Uh... Yeah. It works really well, especially when you do something you didn't mean to do, or like you did the math wrong when you attacked, and they're at one, <laughs> and then you put that one up, like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I've been. I could see using that one. I should be. I want to buy it individually because I don't really want, want, want the other, other ones. <laughs> yeah, I think it's something like four thousand gold or something like that. Something that okay, wasn't so, so egregious that I was like, what? It wasn't a whole draft. Not even half a draft. Yeah. So I th- I, don't quote me on that because I don't, <laughs> I don't remember because I just snap bought it so fast. Um, yeah. But, Before buying it, actually check the price. Yeah. <laughs> to see what it is. Um, but, you know, hopefully uh, you win a bunch of money this Friday. Well, how can I do that? <laughs> yeah. So if you didn't know, uh, the F&M uh, that is tomorrow as of this podcast coming out but i believe that's what the 23rd april 23rd um from 11 a.m to 12 p.m on that friday the 23rd uh if you play in the fnm on arena you might be able to win twenty five thousand dollars usd that's pretty exciting pretty cool yeah yeah so i guess mr beast from youtube is playing and if you match against him uh, in that one hour that he's playing so who knows how many matches he'll play in that hour, right? But I don't know, two or Probably. three? Probably, yeah. Um, I guess if you match against him, you you get 25 grand. Yeah. Um, it is important to note, you will not know if you are matched against this person. And right. if it, it's you... not just going to say, Mr. Beast, you won 25K yeah. as your opponent. You know? Yeah, so you don't have to win the match. Or sorry, I think it's just one game. Because you're playing the FNM and it's just, there's pre-constructed decks. You just oh, okay. pick one. It's free. It's a free event. You just go in, pick a pre-constructed deck. You play it. Just have fun for that hour. And then you'll get emailed later if you won the money or whatever. Could be anywhere from three to five people that he plays against. Them. Yeah, exactly. I thought I saw on the website that there are two winners. There are... They said something about 50K. Yeah, so there are two winners. Two different people will win $25,000. Um, however, you cannot concede the match. So the reason right. they're doing this is so that people don't keep entering and, and try to, you know, get their chances up or buy a bunch of, I don't know, tickets. Right. Just concede to play in like 60 games in an exactly. hour or whatever. Um, so you have to play the game all the way through. Um, win or lose, you could still win the prize. Um, but I do, because it says technically you can't concede, I would just say even if you're about to lose whatever game you're playing just let it happen don't concede yeah, if you're dead on board games. let let them attack let them kill you uh because you know who knows and maybe this mr beast is going to try to keep you alive and not attack for lethal for a really long time <laughs> and you're like i can't i don't know if i should <laughs> what, what do i do um another fun thing you could do is make a new account called you won 25k <laughs> <laughs> just get people's hopes up for no reason. Oh, that would be horrible. But that that's pretty funny. I like that one. Um, you heard it here, folks. Make up a new account called you won, you won 25K. Oh, God. I'm going to get got by this now. Oh, it's so funny. Um, but anyway, if you won $25,000, you can buy the emotes, basically, is what I was getting at. <laughs> Next up, we would usually have... The Grinds My Gears segment, which is usually Zach complaining about something that grinds his gears. 
But uh, do you mind if I take the reins I, on this one? I really think you should for this one. Because I think we're, we're aligned on this. Um, what the hell is up with the new sideboard layout? I don't know. I hate this. I hate it <laughs> so much. Every card... So if you haven't built a constructed deck since the Strixhaven update, let me inform you of the new layout. So since the change to best of one, you're only allowed seven card sideboards in best of one. To make things super convenient for you, now whenever you build a deck, the first seven cards are shown in a separate area than the bottom seven. But here's the kicker. It doesn't group cards together anymore. So if I put in three duress, it'll say duress, 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 and then another card. Now let's say I want to add a fourth duress after adding a bunch more cards. The fourth duress will appear way down. So it'll be like duress, 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 shock, 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 duress. <laughs> what the hell so, is this? I... So I hate it because it's really frustrating and I eventually figured out how to move things around. However, um, it's not that easy though. Like, it's it not super just easy. snap is the way you think it should. You should just be able to drag and drop things a lot easier. Um, exactly. but so the reason they do this is because maybe you want three duresses in your best of one board and then one, uh, an extra one for your other one. But mm -hmm. if I'm building a deck that's traditional standard, why is that even a, an option for That's my sideboard? That's what got me. I, I was like, why is this happening? And then I realized, oh, I'm standard. I can change the deck type to traditional standard. But that did nothing. It does nothing. It, it still shows the sideboard with the best of one seven cards nonsense. I, I understand that they're like, oh, you can have this is your sideboard that will work. You can just use this deck for either best of one or best of three. But it's just like, oh, it's so irritating. I should be able to turn this off if I plan on never playing best of one constructed ever, ever. which is my current plan. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it, I really don't like that they did that. I understand. If there's an arena open coming up, you know, I'll, I'll swap. But like, I don't even play decks if I were to play best of one that need a sideboard anyways. Yeah. Like, just, just make all these cards illegal that go to the sideboard. I don't know. I, I get that they want to have lessons in best of one, and I like that, and that's fine. And the seven-card best of ones, sure. But, like, why don't you just, you know, if you're building a sideboard specifically for a best of one to do that, you're going to have to do just just have that in the other section. Why? Why? Yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> it's so annoying. When I it's look so at my annoying. sideboards, I'm like, how many duress are in here? Because there's, like, one and then a bunch of cards and then two more and then a bunch more cards yeah. and then one more. Or if I'm just um, trying to learn like a deck that I took offline and I'm really confused yeah. about what's going on. it's Or if you take a screenshot, the whole sideboard's not in it because yeah. each card is displayed one at a time. Yeah, so you can't... I, I, don't, like, I don't like it. A big, it grinds the crap out of my gears. Yeah, uh, it's horrible. I, I hate it. Um, I could go on and on about that. Um, however, you did bring yeah. up the Arena Open. We didn't write this down, but we do know the Arena Open is coming up. I believe it's May 8th and 9th. And it is... Yeah, it's it's the first or second weekend yes. in May. And it is Strixhaven sealed, uh, just like it was called Time Sealed before. So, mm -hmm. um, in any case, you won't have to worry about best of one sideboards in the Arena Open. Because That's right. <laughs> you'll be playing sealed. Uh, also, um, because we had some technical difficulties last week, uh, we didn't get to announce that the Strixhaven League weekend number one for our fantasy leagues... Uh, will no longer count. No, it will 100% count. It's counting. Oh. We did all the counting. We just didn't get to go through ah. it. We're not going to go through it today because it was a long time this. ago. It doesn't matter because they didn't have strict seven cards in. Whatever. It doesn't matter. What matters is that I won, and now we're tied overall. We're three and three. 
There's three more events. I'm going to lock it up. I'm, I'm coming in. I thought we agreed that it didn't count, and I was just up 3-2. No, I think you not? just had a fever dream, and that's what oh, you thought. Um, okay. Anyway, uh, do you want to just get right into Strixhaven stuff? Let's do it. Yeah, it's basically what we've been doing this whole week. Uh, Strixhaven, <laughs> first sips. Uh, how do you feel? What do you think? I like it. I think it's really cool. Um, still haven't gotten a, a total feel for everything, obviously. I've played a couple of drafts. Uh, I did one sealed where I played one game in it, and I, it's still you know, sitting, sitting in my account. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> I'm just like not that into limited right now. Like I'm not in a limited kind of mindset. I just want to keep testing out stuff and construct it is what I keep coming back to. Okay. But um, it's not like I hated the limited or, or anything, but I just found like I was just kind of playing the games and not really, I wasn't really like focused I was just I gotcha. kind of going through the motions, and then I was like, I should play something else because I'm not. I f- I'm doing this because I feel like I have to to build my collection, and not because I For sure. want to. Um, yeah, I totally. But I hear that. good things about the format, yeah. and uh, I've loved it. I I'm like, I even told you just immediately. I like played my first sealed, and I looked at my pool, and I was like, "Damn, this pool is going to be an awesome Prismari deck." And I'm like putting it together, and I had a time warp, and I had the dragon, and I had all this. I was like, "Oh, this is going to be sweet." And then the more I looked at it, the more I was like, "Okay, well, it doesn't really. I don't really have a lot of other cards. I think I'm going to have to add green." And I added green. I'm like, "Ah, this feels really clunky. I don't know." And then I was looking at my like white and black cards. I'm like. That deck looks a little bit faster and more linear and probably will win more. I threw, I slapped that deck together, and then I went 7-2. and two, And I'm like, all right. Wow. So, it's a bold move to leave the time warp on. I know. I was like, I, this is probably wrong, but I'm going to do it. And I, I left the time warp like by itself, and uh, it ended up paying off. So I was happy with that. Um, but since then, I've kind of been slowly getting worse and worse. Maybe by people getting better and better. I can't tell. Uh, if it's like, oh, I'm trying to draft different archetypes or whatever, and so I'm going mm-hmm. down, or people just realize that burying books is really good, so they don't pass it to me anymore. And because uh, <laughs> for like my first couple of drafts, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna take four of these. Does nobody like this card? This card's great. And then it tends to happen. I remember with Kaldheim, I I got all the pack mates in my first draft. I got mm-hmm. like four or five pack mates. I even passed on one. And I got two of those six sixes for six that gain a bunch of life yeah. when they enter the battlefield, uh, and that that didn't last long. Like a matter of days before I wasn't getting those cards anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, those um, are the kinds of things where you know immediately somebody on Twitter is like, "Hey, does nobody know this card's good?" And then <laughs> blows yeah. up. Everyone now picks exactly. it way too high, <laughs> and so you play a different. Yeah. So you never see it again. Yeah. Because they're first picking it. And it it's like, well, we it's meant like, it was like a fifth pick, but... You shouldn't, like... Well, okay, whatever. You do you. Um, yeah. But I think I think the Mystical Archive is a fucking home run slam dunk. Uh, both of those. So it was it was hit <laughs> as a home run, <laughs> and then somebody grabbed it and slam dunked the ball. <laughs> That's what I feel about Which, because there was a, a basketball basket right near where he... Uh, yeah, well, because the home run was so long, it went to like it a... It went outside the park. Outside sure. the park yeah. to like a youth... I don't know, center or something. There's just like a, you know, some street basketball going on and somebody catches it and dunks it. Anyway, whatever. Uh, I really like it. Um, yeah, I think as far as like uh, with limited, uh, you were saying that you weren't playing it that much, but like as far as something that feels like it was just kind of injected into the set, this is probably my favorite that they've done mm-hmm. where there's 
it is its own set of cards, basically, but they all work pretty well with the set. And it's fun to like open. You're looking for two rares now, almost in every pack. Where you open something, you're like, okay, well, the Mystical Archive card could be like a bomb, even if my other one sucked. You know, it like yeah. you're getting past awesome stuff. You know, it, it just feels great. I really like it. Yeah, I don't know if I've played enough limited to get a feel for it. Um, but I will tell you that I'm leaning towards hating it because in one of my first games, my bomb rare got manatized and <laughs> I felt real bad. <laughs> I hated that experience so much. Yeah. Well, it's funny. <laughs> I was like, oh, he just has like a white open. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> what, the, what could he have? Defiant strike? <laughs> nope. Manatized. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Forgot so, that was in this set. That will happen. Of. Also, remember uh, Divine Gambit it's also in the set, and that card got me really bad because there's so many spells in this set. So I'm like, oh, my whole hand is like spells that make yeah. creatures. This is gonna be dope. And then they exile my biggest thing, and I'm like, I can't even, I can't play anything. I don't have a land. Right. I have nothing to put on the battlefield. Oh, and I just give them the nice. I'm like, oh shit, this sucks. <laughs> that was a really yeah, good divine I, gambit. I was on the other side of that. I had divine gambit in my deck, and it was better than like I like when they put a the same card into new context that is something i like and the fact that this is such a spell heavy set makes it better because a it's a spell to trigger your mage craft and stuff mm -hmm. and b it's less likely they'll have some big permanent to punish you with exactly because even a lot of the quote-unquote big permanents are spells that make big permanents yeah and it won't won't work with divine gambit yeah even if they have the biggest yeah. one which is the one that makes the fractal that's as big as your library which also turns out to be not great and limited because usually by the time you cast it, your library, if you're playing that deck, you're drawing so many yeah, cards. It should, should still be like a 17-17, right? I remember playing it and being like, fuck, it's only 11-11. And it wasn't good enough. <laughs> I still couldn't attack until like the big board that they had. I'm like, this sucks. You know all that stupid 2-2 that gets a counter on Magecraft is like a 17 -17. Yeah, you're like, oh man, this, <laughs> fuck this. Um, anyway, I've just loved it so much. Um, because I was thinking... It's also hard as hell to cast, isn't it? Green, 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 blue, blue, blue. It is, yeah. Um, so every once in a while, you're like, oh, I'm so close. I just need one more blue. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, as far as like like sets that are kind of injected into other ones, um, as far as like invocations go or like the, the extra cards they added to Amonkhet Remastered, a lot of the times mm -hmm. they felt a little, like it was fun, but it also felt weird. Like you just, you didn't see them the as Amonkhet much. The Amonkhet one was weird because it was just like all wraths. They just added like eight wraths to the set. <laughs> Yeah, or just... Like, oh, great. I'm, I'm glad that there's so many wraths now. <laughs> or just, like, weird things where... I think because it replaced your rare, it just felt different. Where in this one, because there's so many of them, you can expect them more. Like, more people are losing to Approach of the Second Sun in this format just because you're you're aware that it's, like, going to happen, and it, it just does. And that happened to me. I'm like, holy shit, I just lost to Approach to the Second Sun. Oh, and I'm digging my whole deck just to get the one counter spell I put in it to hopefully win. But yeah, um, yeah I I don't know. I I've really liked them. I think this was awesome, and I hope they do more of these like mystical archive slash standard deck. Thing. I think it doesn't feel that out of place because they're all spells and it's just a spell based set. Yeah. So it's like not they don't really stick out like a sore thumb other than having a different border. It doesn't feel like a hornet queen just like jumps onto the field yeah yeah right, like <laughs> you're like oh, now i have to try to remove this like you know 
I don't know, Eldrazi or mm-hmm. something that they decide to add for no reason. And I will say that with my limited experience, I've liked Learn Lesson uh, Actually, for limited. I agree. Um, I do. I like when we were thinking about it. I was like, wow, I think this mechanic is not great, and all the cards aren't that good. But the more you play, even like the stupid cram session, you gain four life and like basically draw a creature. You're like, oh, this is so annoying. It's like, okay, I have you dead unless you gain four life and then play like a three two. I'm like, what the? F-? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, never mind. And it's just like, it just keeps happening over and over. It's like, why does this deck have five cram sessions in it? But you keep, I hate it. <laughs> And it's actually so irritating. And each cram session gets you like two pests that block. And yeah, get more it's like life. or whatever, or or a two one flyer or something. Or like, um, I was playing against somebody who had like t- two of those like zero four walls that just like tap and gain a life, and then the rest oh. of their deck happened to be that like uncommon Witherbloom card that like whenever you gain oh, life you get a plus one plus one counter and as menace. I'm like, I- I've already killed three of these. How many do you have? Like. <laughs> This is horrible. Should I kill this wall? Is that, yeah. is that where we're at? And then they eventually just like sacrifice the wall to go learn because that's what that does. I'm like, this card, yeah. this is really good. This is really annoying. <laughs> I hate, I, your deck is all the same cards over and over again and you're still beating me. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, I actually made pretty good use of the, I forget the name, the card that taps two creatures and, and learns. A study session. That card. Yeah. I love that card. That was in my sealed pool. That was uh, I had two of them, and that was one of the reasons I went white black because it's so great with like because of it's an instant, so you can just like mm-hmm. tap their stuff when they're about to attack you, and then you get an attack in plus playing another creature to block on the backside. Yeah, awesome. The better of my two draft it. runs was Silver Quill as well. Yeah, Silver Quill um, aggro deck. I'm really, really, really into the Silver Quill stuff. Although I did lose one of the games I lost. I think it's what kicked me out. I think I got five wins on that run. And and the loss that eliminated me was I had four lethal attackers and my opponent had no cards in hand. And I just, like, kicked my feet up. I'm like, we're good. No way I can lose this. And I was literally like, I don't think there's any way I could possibly lose. And then go to my turn. He's like, magma opus, tap those two things down, kill that thing, and make a blocker for that thing, and draw two cards. I was just like, what the fuck is this card? Yeah. Like, and seriously, that's what you drew off the top? Come on, man. Like, of course. But also, like, so that card is funny. Well, we might talk about that later, but, like, oh, man. Four lethal attackers at no cards in hand. Yeah. And I lost. <laughs> anyway, I just, I've been having so much fun with the set uh, that um, I drafted it into the, into the grounds? Into my, what is it? What is it called when you... Just don't have any gems left because you drank too much and drafted every second you could possibly <laughs> draft. <laughs> and so then you, you had a couple like one and three, oh and three runs because your drafts were pretty bad. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know what that's called, but whatever that is, it happened. Because uh, all I wanted to do when I opened up Arena was draft. And um, it that reminds uh, me of Zendikar Rising. Yeah. And that, the, the passion for that format. Mm-hmm. So. That's how I feel for Strixhaven, I think. Um, even though I still haven't read all the cards. <laughs> there are a couple double-faced cards. I know what most of them do. There's only one of them that I will play, and I don't play the other one because I, I haven't read what it does. 
<laughs> just like oh, i don't know it, it taps and does something i don't know i always play the other I, side. i'm happy enough with the first side it's yeah. fine it's like that blue it's like a, a blue red one that like one's a oh, yeah. three mana two two that taps and does something but the the five mana four four that's the one i play i'm like this one's a lot better it gets counters it does stuff it steals cards it's great <laughs> so i'm like i'll yeah. play that side i don't <laughs> care about the other one it's not good uh, which is, you know, someone's going to probably play it and the other side's really good. I just never bothered. Yeah, it's like, holy crap. This That's side what is that unbeatable. does? I have, I have no <laughs> idea. I didn't even read it. Um, anyway, I've just been super happy. It's just been, you know, it's always, the beginning of the set is always just like the best. So I've been having lots of yeah. fun. Yeah, I've been playing mostly standard and historic myself. Yeah. Um, and I'm having a lot of fun with that too. So in standard, I'm trying to make, uh, well, I did a whole bunch of Witherbloom stuff. Of course. Of course you did. And, you know, Jund, Abzan, mm-hmm. straight Witherbloom. Let's, let's try to do some Witherbloom. Um, but then I remembered my old uh, teamer. At that point, it was a Song of Creation to Fairy Master of Time deck. Mm-hmm. And I have always loved that deck. And I just was thinking about all the new cards I got with, like, Prismari Command, with Magma Opus, with uh, uh, Eureka Moment. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, okay. Which has replaced Song of Creation because I realize that's mostly what Song does is draw you a couple of cards and get mm-hmm. you an extra land drop. So mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I just replaced it with a, a little more direct version. Mm-hmm. And then I jammed some Kazminas in there because I have Teferis and I love the you have one turn to kill my Teferi or I'm going to ultimate. Yeah. Because you, yeah, Teferi comes in at three or three. And it's like five to seven, and then on the next turn, on my turn, I'll, I'll go to nine. And then on your turn, I can use Kazmina's eight. Right. So um, to play Alarun's Epiphany or mm-hmm. Magma Opus or whatever I deem yeah. best. Uh, I love that. And I'm trying a, a Rowan and Will in there, too. So Interesting. That's fun. what I'm, I'm just having a ton of fun with right now. That sounds, that sounds great. I am... Yeah. Not brewing a ton, but I have been trying to, to play some uh, some random decks that I'm getting on online or wherever I can find them. And there is one historic Blink deck that I've been playing quite a bit, actually, um, which... Uh, ephemerate styles? Yes, Ephemerate things with... Uh, that's where I'm playing Time Warp. I'm playing Time Warp in that deck nice. and Paolo. And that has been just a delight. I've liked it a lot. But of course, you yeah. know, white and blue are some of my favorite colors. And aggressive white and blue... Or more aggressive, or at least you're like attacking at some point. You're not just like wrathing and playing controly things. Um, I like it. <laughs> so yeah. So standard has felt like split fifty fifty. Half the people are trying out some new decks that I read about on like Star City Games or Channel Fireball, and then the other half of the people are like, I'm just sticking with Sultai Ultimatum, no changes, or yeah. like Teamer Adventures, no new cards. Let's do this. Uh, and it's, like, pretty much down the middle. You can see the people who are excited for Strixhaven and the people who are excited to rank up against bad Strixhaven brews. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Historic, on the other hand, is completely different. I have not run into Jund Sacrifice. Not I once. think I ran into Orzov Auras, or I guess Silver I've, Quill Auras. I haven't once. even run into that. I haven't even played that deck. That's how crazy this set is. I haven't played that deck. <laughs> I, I think I've played... It's like a total total Wild Wild it, West. It's all over the place, man. Like, I think I've played against uh, Arcanist. And that's the only deck that I've 
remember. But even that, it's like it's playing Faithless Looting now. It's playing mm-hmm. Inquisition of Kozilek now. It's like yeah. pretty much a different deck. It's it just feels so different. It's, it's just much better. <laughs> makes me want to play it again and go back and change that one and change yeah. the stuff I didn't like about it. But man, it is uh, it's crazy. There's like all these combo decks that are like coming out, and those were huge. And then, oh man, um, it's it's nuts. Uh, it's this is a great time to be on arena i just have to say it's it's yeah. really really good as i alluded to when we were talking about the mystical uh archive mm-hmm. i'm trying to make ponza work so for those who don't know ponza is like a modern deck and it's basically a green red deck that it couples like cheap and efficient threats with land destruction so it's just trying to kill you and keep you off balance just long enough with stone rains and blood moons and stuff to so that you can't actually cast your spells. Mm -hmm. And so I've kind of ported that now that we have Stone Rain in Historic. Mm. I built a version of that that's been a lot of fun because you can just go like turn one elf, turn two Stone Rain, (laughs) your only land. (laughs) And it just feels great. Turn three, like Chandra Torch of Defiance while you have one land. Like (laughs) That sounds fun. That sounds exactly like the kind of thing that I would like to do. Um, Ooh. Yeah, so there's a version going around online because there's a couple of historic tournaments this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, one person, I guess, top aided one of them with this style of deck. Um, I think that particular list is really bad. Uh, it's not at all the list that I came up with because they're playing. Um, <laughs> Their list sucks, even though they top aided this event. But my list it does, is it, a lot better. It does suck. And anyone I've watched, well, I don't know that mine is better. I'm just okay, saying mine okay. is not. Gotcha. I'm trying to clarify that mine is not that one. Gotcha. And that that one sucks. Okay. Um, so yours. Okay. So mine is mine might be might suck too. I'm not saying mine doesn't. I gotcha. Suck. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I, I understand. But they decided to go for so there's basically you get four stone rain and four um, of the goblin ruin blaster goblin mm-hmm. ruin blaster. Those are for sure. If you're playing this type of deck, that's what you want. Um, and then there's a few other kind of land destruction cards you can play so they opted for uh the commander card that got added uh, recently that when mutates it blows up any permanent and replaces it with a three three yeah that one from which uh, i think is terrible like first of all you have to have a creature already a non-human creature yeah to even cast it and then it doesn't do anything on its own as a six drop and then it also gives them a three three, and your whole point is to try to like kill them quickly while their land is and they don't have anything on board. Up. Yeah, that sounds dumb. Yeah. So instead of that, I'm I've been playing Waking the Trolls, Ooh. which I just love because it comes down, it blows up a land, then it steals a land, Ooh. and then it makes like it just wins the game if Yikes. it gets to chapter oh, for three because sure. it makes like five or six four fours. Um, I think it's an underrated card that people should be yeah. playing because. I'm already playing a ton of ramp, so even when I don't get the early game interaction, just playing that on turn four and blowing up your third land and and p- kind of putting the timer on you has been pretty good. And Chandra ramps into it, and mm-hmm. like, yeah, um, they were playing Primal Command in their list, which I didn't even think of, but I guess it has a mode put target permanent on top of its owner's library, which you target their land with. That seems pretty good, actually. Oh. But uh, I don't know if I need more than 12 land destruction cards. <laughs> 12 feels... Uh, 12 has felt pretty good. That sounds yeah, good. I just keep sending Zach screenshots of like me with 13 lands and my opponent with one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds so awesome. 
Although I played against a mono blue storm deck that was all artifact mana, and they didn't give a shit oh. about my stone rains, and they easily beat me. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> there always has to be, you know, something that balances out. So at least that yeah. does it. Um, They're like, oh no, you stone rained my land. Mox Amber, tap it, Mox Amber, play this, uh, <laughs> like, get back my Mox Amber. It's cool, yeah. whatever. I should yeah. I should have built a sideboard for this deck so that I could side in some artifact destruction. Yeah. Anyway, man, it has been um, just great. I've sorry, I'm I just am finishing this like uh, like nine percent eight eight whatever eight point five percent. So I'm like slowing down a little bit, but that's fair. Um, yeah, kind of circling back to limited though. Um, is there anything you well you're with your limited experience with limited? <laughs> Is there anything, like, inherently that you would just want to do in draft or with this set? Well, it's like a thing that you're just like, hey, this this would be the dream. This would be in my wildest dreams. This would be what I'd want to do. <laughs> Sorry, that's the Q, uh, Q Taylor Swift clip. Wildest <laughs> yeah. dreams. We have Jeff sing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's great. Um, you can't tell the difference, though. They all thought it was Taylor. And yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it you is. told them it was me. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there are some sort of copyright things. I don't really know. Um, we haven't actually researched it, but we're just assuming you're not allowed to put on people's songs <laughs> yeah. on your podcast without them yeah. knowing. I don't know. Anyway, uh, that's why we have Jeff singing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but do you have anything? I have a couple. Well, going off my historic deck, I want to just want Stone Rain people. All right. Just yeah. just one stone rain. I'm I'm happy with that. But if if you're talking about copies, I'm into copies too. You know, Ooh. I could see we're that. gonna copy it and blow up two lands. That's even better. That sounds great. You know what? <laughs> just to send a message, if someone ramps with that one rampant growth card that makes a creature, you should stone rain their creature. <laughs> <laughs> stone rain the grizzly bears. Yeah. <laughs> Just to be like, you so know even, even if I have like a shock in hand, you're like, no, I'm gonna stone rain gonna that st one because I'm sending a message. I like that. Stone rain your dryad arbor, gut shot. Yeah, you. exactly. <laughs> um, so I I really like when there's like a two color set, and you you're like, okay, these are all the enemy colors, and then you can draft a deck that isn't those colors. Like you know what? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna draft. I see where you're going. I'm gonna this. draft a gruel deck in this. I'm gonna uh, play some Demir. Yeah, I'm gonna play some Demir. But I think the one I like the most is probably Rakdos. Um, there is one Rakdos card that's on the backside of a legendary creature in the whole set. Um, however, the way I would like to win, and this is very specific, but I just want this to happen. I want uh, fuming effigy. On the battlefield, that's the 3-4 four for 4. That's red, that whenever uh, a card leaves your graveyard, you deal 1 damage to your opponent. And then I want to play, uh, what's that card? Uh, Callous Blood Mage. They're black rare that you can exile, exile target. Graveyard, yeah. yeah. And you exile your own graveyard. And if I can kill somebody with that, that's going to be the best thing I've ever done. The Rakdos combo. That's all I want to do. Um, especially because it's terrible. Um, so it sounds great. <laughs> yeah. If you play that and someone, they have to give you like the the will, like what is happening? Thing, you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's uh, that's exactly what's going to happen. That's when they're going to have like an instant speed way to just interact with that. They're going to play Teferi's Protection. <laughs> is what they're going to yeah. do. <laughs> oh, that would be great. You would have you would still take that win though. Take that as a win. <laughs> oh my god, that would be the worst. But that's totally gonna happen. I haven't I haven't actually seen that card in the wild yet. But um, 
when you just see Teferi's protection running around now, it's like, hey, remember this commander card that like, is now in a draft set? There you go. Yeah, that I like that trying to draft a uh, sort of off you know, color like or or Demir deck or something. Yeah, just to Celestia. say like, you know what? Fuck you. I can do this. You know. Yeah. <laughs> go off guild. <laughs> yeah. Uh, off college or whatever. Yeah, um, off college into a guild. Now, That'd if be... you do that, I well, if I do that, if anybody does that, please not only uh, save the the list of the deck, send it to us on Twitter, Instagram at Arena Regulars. But if you do this, you are required to rename that guild as a college on Arcavios or whatever. You are the founding dragon of that college. Yeah, you're the dragon. <laughs> you have to decide what it's called. So I don't know what the Rakdos one would be called. It's probably like Blood uh, Blood something. What's that card called? Yeah. Uh, what's the actual Rakdos card in this? Blood side? Crypt? No, <laughs> Blood Crypt. Yeah, this is the Blood Crypt <laughs> thing. Um, it's called the Blood Avatar. Is the uh, Awaken the Blood Avatar yeah, is that yeah. card? Awaken the Blood Avatar. So, what could whatever it is, you figure it out. I'm not going to figure it out for you. That's not my job. <laughs> my job is to have <laughs> this podcast. It's not even my job. Oh, anyway, Jeff, I'm pretty sure that my beer's empty, and I think I need another one. Yeah, me too. All right, I'm ready for this endless okay. summer. Wow, just there's going to be a change of pace. <laughs> for both of us yeah do you just mean like because yours is going to have lots of alcohol and mine is going to have a lot less or what yeah it's just completely different styles you know oh yeah this is like a, a light sour or i guess mine oh. the one you're drinking now yeah, is like yeah. a light sour <laughs> and yours is like a heavy <laughs> heavy you'll, double ipa yeah. yeah you'll you'll figure it out you'll you'll have it <laughs> as you can I've tell navigated these I've waters before <laughs> <clears throat> worth a slot time uh here we go so we really need to get a new sound guy i mean we really do like we don't have wildest dreams we don't have the air horn or whatever that's called all right so this is the worth a slot segment if you haven't been with us before worth a slot is like worth a shot (laughs) get it um what it's like the same uh anyway so these are, uh, we specifically talk about standard, and each of us pick three different cards that we think are worth a slot in standard. Uh, we have a few minutes to kind of plead our case, then there's a counter argument by the other person, and then we kind of, what I don't know, we fight and stuff, and we just decide whether it is or not um, worth a slot. All right, so... Can I try to convince you for historic as well, or is that... Um, I mean, like, I was mainly thinking standard, but, like, we could try it. We could do whatever. Who cares? Like, it's, we made this up. Um, right. Mine are going to be so bad. No, they're going to be so good. All right, whatever. Who knows? Um, so we are thinking kind of in uh, basketball terms, I guess. Is it basketball terms? Um, well, apparently it, we're doing baseball-basketball hybrids today. So that's basically <laughs> we're, we're playing. Actually, we're, we're playing basketball. Um, yeah, have, obviously. Yeah. Have you seen that movie? Do you know Baseball? real quick no. basketball is a movie that was made by the creators of south park and it's like a live action movie where they actually made a game that's basketball and baseball uh combined um but like most of the game is just trying to psych out your opponent by like doing gross things while they're trying to shoot anyway it doesn't matter um but but basketball's real just so everyone knows uh go check it out it's, yeah, a, it's not a good movie um yeah, here in canada we have basketball instead mm. Yes, yeah, so how I met your mother. 
Bass Guy yeah. Squall. I thought that was from Minnesota, though. What are you talking about? Um, yeah. Well, we, we taught it to them. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, we did invent both things, right? We invented basketball, <laughs> you invented and we ice. invented ice. Yeah. It's not like some... <laughs> I feel like ice was invented in like Norway or something, but sure. All right. <clears throat> but whatever. Uh, nobody invented ice. <laughs> oh my God. I'm claiming it. We can't even like, let's get on track. Let's go back. Right. <laughs> Worth the slot, man. Worth the slot. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> who wants to start this? Um, All right. What? So one thing to note is that, uh, the reason the the basketball thing came up. Oh yeah, we should talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about the basketball thing, yeah. Yeah. So last time we kind of we didn't want to talk about cards that everyone knew was good. So we tried kind of tried to take pick you talk about cards that maybe nobody else was talking about. But unfortunately the end result is that none of the cards we talked about saw any play. Um, which is kind of fun, but also maybe you know, maybe we should try to work in some cards that are actually going to make a difference. Uh, so this time we decided we'll have one slam dunk, one layup, and one half-court shot. So the slam dunk is a card that we're sure is going to see play. The layup is a card that we think, like, probably is good enough to see play. Whether it will might be dependent on what decks people play and stuff, but definitely good enough. And then... Uh, the half-court shot is, well, it's a long shot. Yeah, absolutely. Though That is the reason we started about uh, started talking about <clears throat> uh, that in the first place. All right, Jeff, how about you start us off? Because um, after we talked about that, I'm realizing that some of the ones I picked were so bad. I need to They're really all half-court shots. They're so all half-court. Maybe, maybe a full court in there. No, a lot of them are like, home run, <laughs> you need somebody to grab it and throw it in. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> okay. So you, you start us off. All right, I wanted to start us off with a card that I initially underrated when I read it, but actually playing with it a little bit um, makes me realize that it's just awesome, and that's Magma Opus. Okay. So this is six blue red uh, instant. It deals four damage divided as you choose among any number of targets. Tap two target permanents, create a four, four blue and red elemental creature token, and draw two cards. And then it has this other option of you can pay two Prismari, and discard it to create a treasure token. So if you're nowhere near eight mana, you need you can just use it as a one-time ramp mm -hmm. instead. So this card has already seen a ton of historic play. It's kind of like all the rage in historic because you discard it and then you turn three, you play Mystic's Mastery to copy it, and you get this outrageously powerful effect on turn three. Uh, and then you co you combine that with Torrential Gear Hulk. So in the late game, you're just Gear Hulking these back. And they, since they have such an easy way to put them in your graveyard that also ramps you into the Gear Hulk, uh, it just, that's kind of like a blue red based control deck. So a lot of them are going Jeskai and stuff that are playing this card. But I'm actually thinking a bit more honest with it, you know, like just actually play the card for what it says on the card. And the thing that convinced me is I forget who said this, but somebody basically told me that this is, this is just an ultimatum that you're paying one extra mana for it to get instant speed just on its face. So you're paying eight mana for, it's basically an ultimatum, right? It does like four things. And then you have this additional out to just discard it to create a treasure token if, you know, if that seems more relevant to you. Like if your opponent is gonna duress you, you can just ditch this and actually get something out of it. 
Um, I think this card is a lot better than it seemed at first glance. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of these is it tempo decks that are coming out, because they can generate so many treasure tokens, just kind of play this legit, you know? Like, you can gold span, get a treasure, next turn you're all set to play this. Okay. What do you think? <clears throat> um, all right. So I see what you're saying. Um, my biggest thing with that strategy, <clears throat> when you're talking about in Historic, where you, you know, that deck where you're discarding and, and you're trying to play uh, it out of your graveyard, like Mizzic Mastery is great, and, you know, everything with um, Gear Hulk. But uh, I do think that um, it gets hosed easily by Graft Digger's Cage because you can't play things out of your graveyard. Uh, what does it? I mean, other regular <laughs> cards that don't care about your graveyard <laughs> or your library. Uh, and Graft Digger's Cage is one of, like, the number one cards in every sideboard in that format. So um, that, be that makes it a lot, that entire game, with, like, game two and three, is just all going to be about the Graft Digger's Cage. So, yeah, but... It's a good thing that you'll be playing Prismari Command to blow that motherfucker up. Sure, um, but you also have Dranath Magistrate <laughs> if you're playing <laughs> any deck that I have uh, because <laughs> um, I hate people playing things from places they're not supposed to, uh, a.k.a. their hand. Um, so I think it's just like an eight-mana spell that does eight-mana spell things that just isn't as good as, um, uh, you know, an ultimatum. Um, instant speed, sure, that's fine. If this you play, is way better than the Jeskai Ultimatum, though. Yeah, well, the Jeskai Ultimatum... The actual card is just better. <laughs> yes, this <laughs> card is, is a lot better than Jeskai <laughs> Ultimatum, but nobody plays Jeskai Ultimatum. <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe this is giving an Ultimatum to a deck that didn't have Ultimatum before. Um, that's what I'm thinking, like, Jeskai Control-style thing actually has a proper finisher instead sure. of... Um, instead of this historic deck that Luis built that's literally Jess guy and plays emergent ultimatum <laughs> yeah um but ultimately i mean i think the discard thing to make a treasure is cute around thought seizes or uh around like duress or anything like that but um ultimately it might just be a fad i don't know i think this thing's good enough worth a slot uh, um, yeah at the very least once uh once the fun police that is uh throne of eldrain you know, buggers off, then I think this card will start to oh, show up. In well, a lot if, okay, numbers. so if we are talking about what's going to be good after Throne of Train rotates, that changes everything. But no, I think you'll, people will play this. I think the, the blue-red, if the blue, the Prismari tempo deck with the dragons is good, I think you would they would want to play this card. Yeah. Because um, they have so much mana with their two dragons that they need an outlet for. Absolutely. Um, yeah, after uh, trying to work the other side, yeah, I'm not good at that. I think this card's great. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> I think this is definitely worth a slot. Um, uh, I, I agree with your instant speed thing, and playing it from your graveyard is bonkers. It's so frustrating. Um, yeah, that's always ridiculous. Like, yeah. It, uh, luckily, I, I usually am playing decks that, like, I am having, you know, siding in everything that's against it because I'm playing white. So, um, Usually I, I feel pretty covered on that front, but for the most part, this deck's gonna like this card will wreck. Um, if you can play it early and late, it's still great. I was playing a game earlier today, and I was playing uh, against this black kind of creature-based deck. I'm not totally sure. I think maybe Orzhov Humans. Yeah. Or uh, okay. Silver Quill Humans. Mm -hmm. um, anyways, at one point they duress me, and I show them my hand of two cards. 
and it's Magma Opus and Allrun's Epiphany. And you could just feel <laughs> them like you could feel their defeat like rolling in. I'm like, <laughs> what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to duress them to get rid of whatever big spell they're holding on to. I'm like, take your pick. <laughs> and they took this. So hey, there you go. There you go. Um, that's high praise. Taking that's high praise. All, all right, so we're, we're, as far as the podcast goes, we're just going to say that's worth a slot for sure. Um, big, huge Good, because that was my slam dunk. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so um, I'm going to say this is a slam dunk. It's definitely going to be played uh, all over the place, and it's personally one of my favorites. Uh, this is Elite Spellbinder. <laughs> it's two and a white for a 3-1 flying human cleric. When Elite Spellbinder enters the battlefield, look at the target opponent's hand. You may exile a non-land card from it for as long as that card remains exiled. Its owner may play it. A spell cast this way costs two more to cast. All right, so obviously this is Paolo Vitor Rosa's card. He's depicted on the art because he won uh, Worlds. Uh, but I think this card is one of the things that these white decks and standard really needed was like, um, there are these aggressive strategies. Obviously you're trying to kill some of these ultimatum decks before they can do their thing, but this is a great way to throw wrenches into their plan, get them off the, the kind of curve that they're trying to hit with all their removal spells or their ramp or, you know, ultimately their ultimatum, <laughs> um, but I think that this will just like size up, especially with the card I talked about earlier, Dranith Magistrate. When you're playing Dranith Magistrate and this card, um, it's a great way to get a card out of their hand. And then because Dranith Magistrate is on the battlefield and doesn't get killed by Bone Crusher, then your opponent just can never play whatever card you got rid of. They can't. Yeah, even if they kill this. Even if they kill this. So the great thing about this card is that because you usually these effects in white uh, kind of go away once the card is destroyed. But this isn't the case, and this is kind of... It might be the new way that they're building these cards because Skyclave Apparition has a similar feel where you don't get your card back, but you get a, like a kind of gushy version of it. This is the similar thing where like you kill it and like the effect's still there. It just happens. Now you have to cast it from outside the game, and either it's just like two more, so you can't double spell on turns that you wanted to, and it really just throws these wrenches into the plan. And ultimately, if you can, in Historic, bounce this a bunch of times and just make their entire hand exiled, it makes it really hard for them to deal with the, the strategy that you're just like, you know, attacking them on the ground and they can't play two removal spells or their wrath costs uh, six now or whatever. So I think we're just going to see this all over the place. Also, because it has three power, it just makes it a threat in the air by itself if they don't have a way to deal with it. So um, I think we're going to see it a lot. And I... I like it quite a bit. You know, I'll give you this. This is certainly the most handsome character on Strix. Okay, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but is he the best? I don't know. Um, my main concern with this card is, is there a deck that wants him? So I think maybe for one week, maybe two weeks during Kaldheim Standard, I thought Mono White was good. And even then, I still thought it was probably a bit overrated. Um, I just don't know if the deck can can stick like hang hang with the other decks you know i think the adventure package is kind of just too much for that deck to deal with and in today's standard metagame that's a huge problem so is there another deck is silver quill humans you know the new kind of mono white where you take play a lot of the same cards add in some power with silver quill command stuff like that maybe but i don't know 
I think just mono white is going to be hard to sell me because remember, this has to replace something. So this is replacing Redane, I guess, being another three drop with kind of a similar, similar role of disrupting ultimatum. And it's a little better than Redane, I guess, like because it has three power. But is it enough better to put the deck back into contention? That's the real question. So I'll give you that. I'll give you the, the like, it might not bring Mono White back into it, but I was originally thinking that you'd probably be playing a new deck that's like a Silver Coil thing, because then you can play mm -hmm. the, the Silencer as well on two, or uh, right after this. Anything that we're... Yeah, you want to play this first if, if you can, because then you can you learn about their hand. something you know they have. Yeah. yeah. Um, but just, I think there will be another that deck will, will come into fruition. That's going to be a bunch of these taxing effects that we're kind of seeing in this set. Uh, and slowly that's going to be like hurting your opponent and they just might be in a situation where they can't, um, because of some other pieces or whatever, they, they can't deal with your creatures. But I do think that this will be one of the reasons why you want to have white in your deck is this is the card you're like, well, if I add white, I can play elite spellbinder, um, which I would love to do because it is just such a different way of playing um because you could have legit discard effects and this white one i'm curious to it, i'm curious if we'll ever find out if this would be better if it's a good thing that it's a human or a bad thing because uh if it weren't a human it would just curve into winota so perfectly like you play it on three you take their removal spell for winota and then on four you play winota attack with this and trigger Mm -hmm. But because it's a human, it won't trigger. It'll just um, attack for three. Yeah. Um, but it, on the other hand, it's something you can get off Nota. That's true. So you've convinced me. Yeah. I guess Paolo's card is pretty good. Hey, um. who knew? <laughs> um, I definitely, I've been playing with it in Historic, and I've liked it quite a bit. Um, in that deck that this I'm card using. card will see play in, in almost every format. Yeah. I yeah, I think people will be trying for a really long time to keep it going, and I I think it's good enough to, to get in there. Um, but I am excited that for Winota decks, and I think they'll play this. So I think if this, deck's okay. in, if, if this card's in standard, it's either Silver Quill or Lorehold aggro deck. Yeah. Because I just, I don't love Mono White, you know? With all the powerful things that's going on, it's... Faceless yeah. Haven is good, but it's not good enough to make up for... I agree. The, the second color, I think. Yeah, I, I think that the, the Faceless Haven uh, was really fun and great for when we got to play it, but now it's just, it's not going to be good enough. All right, so next is maybe my favorite card in the set, so I just had to include it. Um, but I also think it's one of the most powerful cards in the set. If, if you search your mind, I'm sure you know what it is, but I'll just tell you. Up next, I'm going to convince you on Plum the Forbidden. One in a black instant. As an additional cost to cast this spell, you may sacrifice one or more creatures. When you do, copy this spell for each creature sacrificed this way. You draw a card and you lose one life. So I think at, at like very first glance of this card, I was like, isn't this like bad village rights? Because it's one in a black, sack a creature, draw two, lose two. And that is a mode um, that you can opt for. <laughs> you, can, you can play it as village rights that costs one more mana and that you lose two life for. But that's not where this card really shines. Where this card shines is when you're flooding the board and you just sack everything and you get a dozen Magecraft triggers, you draw a dozen cards. Hopefully you're sacking pests to kind of uh, offset the life loss. And I gotta say, I've played a lot of Witherbloom decks, and they always seem to come down to, do I have Plum the Forbidden or not? If I don't, it's very hard to win. 
And if I do, it's usually pretty easy to win because, you know, it just generates, it just does everything. It, it draws you a new hand. Um, if they wrath you, you don't even care. You just sack everything and you redraw your entire hand back. Um, it makes you care less about being weak, playing creatures that are weak to Bone Crusher because you just sack it in response to Bone Crusher fizzles and now you've drawn a card and you've actually two for one to them. Although Village Rights also does that, to be fair. And uh, yeah, I think just this card is one of the most powerful versions of this effect we've ever seen. Whether it's actually going to see play in standard, that's why this one's my layup, is because there has to be a deck that plays like this. And any deck that plays like this is going to is going to have a hard time with Ultimatum just by design. But if there is an Aristocrat-style deck, this is the reason. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so I do think that, just right off the bat, I, I'm a huge fan of Village Rights um, because it's one mana. <laughs> who, who doesn't and love everyone that? knows that two mana is twice as much as one mana. Um, and that's not something to take extremely lightly, right? So it's actually a little more than twice as much when you're talking mana, just because it's harder to hit your. It's more than twice as hard, you know. Like the, each land you play is worth uh, is more harder than to play like, than the oh, previous awesome. one. Um, sure, totally. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So Did it's not explain that well. It's a little bit <laughs> more. You get the it's a little bit more than <laughs> twice as as expensive yeah. as as village rights, uh, and village rights only requires one creature to get two cards. Doesn't lose you any life. This makes you lose life, and you have to sacrifice creatures uh, for each of the, the modes. Um, I think it seems uh, fine, and it, it I, I do think that it, it's a great in certain situations, but not as great in others. And almost every time, I'm just going to want a village rights in my deck because I don't feel like I'm going to run into all the situations where I'm like, sick, if I draw this, I can refill my hand. I'm like, well, all I really need is two cards. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll get there. Um, so I just don't know if this deck is, or this card is going to be, uh, find a home, like you were saying, um, if, if people are going to build decks around it and if it's really just going to get there for me, I, like, I, I don't know. I feel like village rights just already takes up that spot and, um, this one will be there, but I, I just, I don't think it's going to, going to make it. Yeah, the upside on this card is so much higher than Village Rights, though. And the there is a small difference in that uh, Village Rights can get negated and this uh, can only get one copy negated. Like, so, yeah, if they negate this when you sack a creature, you still draw one card. Whereas if they negate a Village Rights, you sack the creature and the Village Rights does nothing. Right, so the, the copy is slightly different. Oh, when you're always copying, for sure. But you do have to decide whether they're going to copy or not before they negate. Yeah. Yeah, and you yeah you can also play this without having a creature to cycle. That's it's not totally obvious the first time you read it, but you don't have to. You may sacrifice one or more. Creatures. Okay. All right. Uh, you don't actually all have right. to. I do like that. I like that you can cycle it. That's good. All right. That makes yeah. it. A, uh, okay. I like that a lot better then because that makes the magical Christmas land of sacrificing all your your creatures as they wrath you. Um, uh, super upside, but also if it's the only card you drew that turn and you have seven mana, you can cycle it, try to get a, something to play for five. Okay. All right. I like yeah. it a little bit more now. But yeah, in the decks I'm playing, this is the card I always want to draw, and if I draw it, I, I pretty much win because okay. it just generates so many triggers. Um, but yeah, I think the main problem is is Ultimatum, as always. You know, you mm. want to play a synergy-based mid-range deck that you know doesn't kill you 
immediately, then you're just gonna have a hard time with Sultimatum. It's what it's what drove Rakdos out of the format, right? Yeah. And these decks are similar to those Rakdos decks in that they're sacrifice based and whatnot. <clears throat> Yeah, you're just you're not uh, the the decks that can beat uh, Sultimatum just play creatures and creatures and creatures and kill them faster than they can play their cards. Yep. But I've both <clears> won <throat> to this with for, won because of this card and lost to this card when it was the only card that could beat me. So I know it's powerful, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be optimistic and say that uh, someone else is gonna beat the big bad wolf <clears throat> of Sultimatum yep. down to like ten ish percent of the metagame, and then decks like this will be able to actually thrive because these eat creature decks alive. Yeah. These decks that are just a bunch of pests and sack them for value and gain life and stuff. They they have no issues beating mono white aggro, you know, like or yeah. mono red aggro. It's very <clears throat> totally. easy. So uh, I think that's uh yeah, or well, like um debating aside, I do think it's a pretty good card and I I, it, I would like to see a deck that uh, utilizes it. I just don't know if I have uh, full confidence in it, but um yeah, I like well, it. You can have full confidence that I will be playing decks yes, that utilize absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> I didn't even mention the combo with Sedgemore Witch, by the way, but Sedgemore Witch has Magecraft that replaces. You actually get one extra pest. Uh, so if you sack five creatures, you get six pests. Right. So. Um, which sounds awesome because who doesn't want to do that, right? Um, this next card I'm going to talk about. This is kind of my layup, but it's not really a layup. It's more like. Um, it's more like a field shot. I don't know if it's even that. Uh, I love how, by the way, just to interject, I love how our layups are like 50-50s. Mm -hmm. But then I'm like, that probably is about how often I hit layups. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there have been many times when I try to do the roll off the fingers. And yeah, yeah. I try to do, go out. fancy like they do yeah. in the NBA. And no, it just it looks work. embarrassing. Um, <laughs> so I don't, know, I don't even know if I would label this as... Most of the cards, most of mine are long shots. So this next one is just going to be a long <laughs> shot. Uh, but I will be talking about... It's a finger roll layout. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see. But um, I think that Draconic Intervention, which is two red-red okay. red for sorcery, and as an additional cost to cast a spell, you have to exile an instant or sorcery card from your graveyard. And then this spell deals X damage to each non-dragon creature where X is the exiled card's mana value. And if a uh, creature is dealt damage this way it gets exiled instead and then you exile draconic intervention after it resolves all right that's a lot to say for a wrath a one-sided wrath essentially sorry i wasn't listening what, what was it yeah doing? so basically it is a one-sided wrath and that's the reason you want to play it uh so this kind of fits into that um prismari dragons deck that you were talking about earlier with magma opus where you oh have an opus early dump that in the graveyard get a treasure oh shit, I'm playing some aggressive deck. I'm some, playing something that has a bunch of creatures or whatever is attacking me. You play this, exile the Magma Opus. You could have your Galazeth on the battlefield or your um, Goldspan Dragon or might I even say a Gadrak? <laughs> no, I wouldn't have that on the battlefield. Uh, I would probably have that on the battlefield. But anyway, um, any of these creatures, you know, anytime you can wipe your opponent's board but not your own is mm, money. That's great. And so anytime I can see a one-sided board wipe, I'm like, how do we abuse this card? And I'm pretty sure we can. Um, this does seem like the deck where you have, like, tons of treasures, lots of counters, and you're just using this card to wipe all the little, the little slash big creatures out of your way. 
So you can play, what's it called? Um, Crush the Week for all the teeny, teeny, tiny ones. But if you're playing like adventure creatures, oh, love Struck Beast, so frustrating. I have the Bone Crusher Giant, oh, so close, I can't beat it. Oh, if I target it, well, who cares, right? I already discarded one of my sweet Prismari cards to get a treasure earlier. That card's in the my graveyard. Magma Opus. Yeah, I can play Draconic Intervention. Now I'm gonna deal eight to everything except for my creatures. Money, then you tack in, Flag boom. Wins. Yeah, suck it. You're like, you know what, Lovestruck Beast? I don't love you anymore. That's what's gonna go on. Um, I think this card will be uh, possibly abused. I think there is a deck for it and I will be trying hard to get it in there and just work it up. It is frustrating that it does exile itself. So you can't play this card and then play another one to get its, get like wipe four. Basically, four is a Honestly, pretty good that, number. Honestly, that felt a bit un unnecessary. It does feel unnecessary. So that does give me a damper on it, and that's why it's like, oh, there's so many hoops. I've I don't think through. this card would be broken without that last black. I agree. <laughs> um, like, it wouldn't even kill Lovestruck Beast, right? And that's, like, <laughs> yeah. the big one of the biggest problems. Who, who wants to kill? Well, I mean, it stops it from attacking, though. Hey. That's true. It does stop it from Unless attacking. Unless they just play another 1-1 one, one on their turn. Yeah. yeah. What, what are the odds of that? <laughs> that never happens, right? <laughs> they don't do that. They don't have, like, you know, eight cards that make 1-1s. One um, they don't just have another Lovestruck Beast. Yeah. That makes a 1-1 one, one and another 5-5. Five, five. Or even they're just, like, Auron's Epiphany that makes 1-1s one, at the air. <laughs> um, oh, you're dead if that happens. Yeah, but basically, I see a one-sided Borb wipe. I'm on board. But not for long. Oh, wait, you will be on board for long. Oh, yes, I will be it's on board. It's your opponents that won't be on yes. board for long. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so obviously the ceiling is very high, right? It's a The ceiling is a four-mana Plague Wind. I don't remember what Plague Wind actually costs originally. Uh, Plague Wind costs... A lot more than four. It costs like eight it's or nine. Eight, eight or nine, right? Yeah. So that's what... And, and people play that card. like that, that got the name of these types of effects because it was so powerful. So that just kind of shows you what, in the best scenario, what it really should cost. You're almost getting half price here. I just think it's too much setup, man. It's just, I need the right instant sorcery in my graveyard. I need to be putting it in a dragon deck to get that. Um, my opponent can't have any dragons. Like, if my opponent has a gold span dragon, I can't kill it with this. Uh, I think it's just too much. Too much going against it. And at the end of the day, you're going to find that the deck that wants to play this is a tempo deck, so they're going to kind of just try to keep you off balance anyways. And they don't really need it. That's what I think about this. I see you. I see you. <laughs> I, but I still think it's going to be played. I think it's worth a slot. <laughs> I think it's sweet. I'll give you that. I think it's a really, really great card. Well, actually, I think it's a pretty good card in Limited. But, like, if we're talking standard. <laughs> I I think it's better in standard than it is in limited. But, yes, I, I do see its faults. Um, that's why I don't think this is a layup. This is closer to that, a three-point <laughs> shot. But I do uh, I do like it. It's like a three-point shot. That last line just upsets me. I know. That really ruins There's it. There's no need um, for this. You know, no why do you have to this. exile yourself? Like, I can't just, like, string my these together Ugh, whatever or like if i try to cast it for free from my graveyard or something i still need to pay the additional cost like yeah and that's not like an effect that is gonna win the game you know it's mm -hmm. gonna 
turn the tides of battle or whatever. It's going to control the battlefield. But this spell on its own does not win the game. Yeah. Yeah. It's too bad you Doesn't can't do sense. like a Dragon's Approach deck that like plays this or something. But um, There's probably something obvious that we're missing about why that last line had to be included. But Probably. I don't know if it's like... From a power level standpoint, it, it can't be. It doesn't seem that, that crazy to me. You don't take an extra turn or anything. Um, which is frustrating because, you know, you know, Alrin's Epiphany also has that line of text. And Alrin's Epiphany would be a great card to exile from your graveyard <laughs> to blow up a yeah. bunch of stuff. So... <laughs> Um, but on that card, it makes sense. Like, yeah. Otherwise, you could just get some loop where you're taking the turn. Over and over again. Turn. Yeah. That's what I try to do in that historic uh, <laughs> blink <deck. laughs> Yeah. That's what people are doing in historic yeah. right now. So, uh, with time warp, because it doesn't say that. Uh, oh, and the, like, the, the, like, 3 3 for 5 merfolk? You're not playing that guy, are you? 3. Yeah, I am. The ship shipwreck no, It's a 2-2. Two, that's, two. that's the combo. It's a 2-2. Two, 2-2, two, two. Two, sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to over, oversell it. <laughs> it's a 2-2 two, two for 5. Get out of here. What are you talking about? Yeah. It works well, though. Yeah. Ephemerate, you get it back, play the thing, you get two of them. It's great. Most of your yeah, time walks, we're... it's great, because in that deck, most of your time walks are just ramp. <laughs> yeah. Everything just ramps. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on. We got two more cards to talk about, and uh, let's talk about it. Also, let me figure out what my last card's going to be. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think on the, the layups, we kind of landed. Uh, it'd be sweet if these made it. Yeah. Are these I'm next sure ones going to be like, I, I hope this makes it? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. I mean, mine's a mythic rare, but I still think it's a long shot. Cool. But I, it's a card that I love. You will not be surprised, I think, when I start All explaining right. it. I'm ready for it. <laughs> so I've selected Mila, Crafty Companion. One white white for a fox that does stuff. You know, I don't know, when something attacks a planeswalker or whatever, protects your permanence. Not really interested in that. <laughs> what I'm interested in is Luca, Wayward Bonder. So when I'm talking about this card, I don't mean... This was slapped into a red-white aggro deck for the 2-3 Fox, and sometimes the Planeswalker is nice to have if you flood out. Because that's, that's, I think that might actually happen. Um, like, that's conceivable to me. I'm talking a deck that is playing this card for Luka. Okay. All right, so what does Luka Wayward Bonder do? He's four red-red for a five-loyalty legendary Planeswalker Luka. Plus one, you may discard a card if you do draw a card. If a creature card was discarded this way, draw two cards instead. Minus two, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste, exile it at the beginning of your next upkeep. And minus seven, you get an emblem with whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, it deals damage equal to its power to any target. Now, as, you know, as everyone listening knows, I just love reanimator cards. And I love cards that do both. Okay, so this one, the plus one, lets you discard a big creature. And hey, you even get to draw two cards for your trouble from that. And then the minus two reanimates that creature that you just discarded. Of course, you don't have to do the whole discarding thing. You know, the problem with the Saga one from Kaldheim was that you had to go through the steps. If you already had the big creature, you couldn't jump right to reanimating it. This one, you can. You just play Luka, you reanimate it right away. And I got to imagine there's something awesome you can reanimate. I'm thinking historic, 
What if we're playing a Vanifar combo deck in the teamer colors? That's in our graveyard. We get Luka going, it gives it haste, and we just got our Vanifar combo right away. All right. Or I'm thinking in standard, cards I like are some of the dragons. The Lorehold dragon is obviously sweet to give haste to, or to, sorry, to cheat out uh, in any way. Um, but I'm kind of thinking the Witherbloom one too, Belladros. You bring him into play, you have this giant 7-7 with haste. You can untap all your lands. You can play something else, do some sort of big combo kill turn. Um, I don't know. I just think this is a really cool card. And I really wish it cost five mana. But hey, we got four red red yeah. on this guy. So that what do you think? is the first thing I was going to talk about. Is that <laughs> This is a six mana Planeswalker. Um, and those are not generally ones that I like. Um, I do like that it comes down and it can immediately bring a creature back. However, that creature can't protect it. Um, so hopefully that creature will just kill your opponent well it can it exiles at the beginning of the next upkeep oh, okay upkeep oh i missed that part okay your, so sorry your it, next upkeep not the yes next so it could protect it all right for a turn all right that, that that's nice at least and you do get two reanimations if you need to if you're in like oh shit mode um just reanimate stuff that you can uh from your graveyard um but like you're saying i do like that it does the discard so you get to discard the big one and then bring it back like that's all uh well designed but as far as six goes, I don't love, I don't love six mana planeswalkers, uh, just because it, I don't know. I, I feel like in some of those reanimator decks, if you're playing Jund, like you might have uh, better options for reanimator stuff than um, this at six mana. Or uh, the Vanifar thing does seem interesting, uh, as far as like getting that combo going again because you give it haste. I like that, but. Um, Ultimately, I think it might be a one of, you know, you, you'll have some in there, but it's kind of like that niche card that like jumps in and out. Um, but I, I'd most of the time probably because it's like red, red, if it's in those other decks that don't have red as one of the base colors, I'd be more like, oh, do I really need to play this card? Is there any way I can play something else that isn't this so I don't have to deal with <laughs> that? Um, it, it does seem sweet. Uh, but I just don't, I don't know if I'm ever going to see it ever. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you see it, it's going to be because it's a white red or a Lorehold aggro deck that wanted to play Mila to give it some protection because it has that ability that, mm -hmm. uh, like when you target my permanence, I draw a card. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it'll be like, Hey, sometimes I'll play Luca. Yeah. But I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in the reanimator spell. Uh, I think, yeah, for six mana, it's like, what am I going to revive? A seven drop? So you can't just be into... It's not like you're cheating something into play in the classic reanimator way. Mm -hmm. This card is good. Where, where this card is good is that it gives... That's why I think combo decks. It gives combo decks kind of two outs. If I did just didn't draw my stuff, it the first ability is really good. Yeah. Because I'm, like, looting and drawing two cards. Um so creature-based combo decks, I guess. And then if it's like, oh, if they thwarted my plan once, this can act as a reset button. Yeah. Where it's like, I'll just get my Vanifar back. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that's probably most likely because, you know, as as mentioned, the the actual uh, d 
discard something and then reanimate it with this is like, well, this costs six mana, so what are you realistically getting? Yeah. I, I just wish that like both sides didn't have double mana symbols. It's like that that makes yeah. it like kind of rough. I, I do like that the fox it isn't a two two, it's a two three, so it uh, survives through Bone Crusher, which is great because a lot of the other cards in the set don't do that. Um, so that's really helpful, uh, I'd say. Looking at you, Black's vexing past. It's yeah. your problem. Come on. <laughs> Mythic Rare 3 2 gets stopped. Yeah, what the heck? Other pests get plus one plus one? No. Pests. Yeah. Just say just pests, bats, whatever. Um, just make it a 2 3, damn. <laughs> come on. Like, it's not the. <laughs> Who's attacking with. Whatever. Uh, but yeah, so. Um, we'll see. It would be odd. If someone plays this against me and does some, like, crazy stuff, I'd be like, awesome. Because it will definitely be the second time I read this card, and this is the first time I read this card. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I would love to lose to this. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, for sure. But I, I don't know. Uh, it's definitely like a half-court, full-court shot uh, for me. Um, but, yeah. All right, so the arena regulars agree. Luca, Wayward, Wander, worth a slot. That's next. <laughs> kind of, okay. Um, so this next one, you will be uh, quite excited <laughs> because, boy, did I take a shot from, like, outside, <laughs> maybe, oh, like, no. uh, just, uh, just a far away. Can't be from out of bounds, though. That, that won't count. No, this is, a, like, a, a, a fan with a mask for whatever reason got into the stadium i don't know how and is on the top rafter shooting down above the they have to shoot over the backboard and go into the one that's closest to them they can't see the rim too that's what this shot is right now um okay okay so this is mavinda students advocate it's two and a white for a two three legendary creature bird advisor it has flying it has an activated ability that is zero. You may cast target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard this turn. If that spell doesn't target a creature you control, it costs eight more to cast this way. If the spell would be put into a graveyard, exile it instead. Activate this ability only once each turn. Okay. So there are a couple reasons I like this card. Um, but number one, it's white, and I like white cards. Perfect. Off to a great start. Uh, number two, <laughs> yeah, nobody it does, else does, but <laughs> yeah, no, nobody else does, but I do. Uh, number two, it does not get destroyed by a bone crusher because it's a two-three. Very important. Uh, number three, this card is begging you to play combat tricks. Mm, love me some combat tricks. Are you kidding? <laughs> So this is like this has defiant strike written all over it. Uh, any any cantrip spell uh, this fits into like either a white black or a white green kind of like white green specifically because there's a lot of nice combat stuff in green. Um, anything that puts counters on stuff, anything that's like you have like Leonin Light Scribe, uh, a deck with this is the card where you played a spell and then you get to play it again because of this card. Um, anything like that. I think uh, this is the card that makes Show of Confidence worth playing. And you could totally play <laughs> Show of Confidence in this deck where you get copies and put counters on things and they get Vigilance. Uh, I think Mavinda is going to surprise people and uh, I'm happy for it. Any deck where you want to play all your cards as fast as possible and then play all of them again from your graveyard, money. 
my vendor right here. In in an edge case where you happen to have, I don't know, ten mana for whatever reason, you can play a removal spell again. <laughs> um, but I will not be surprised to see Mavinda in some deck using this ability. Uh, you know what? What's great in green is that you can play. What's that green card? The uh, X and a green where it fights a creature, and then. Mm -hmm. Uh, you get X or whatever. So if you're playing green, you can play a bunch of fight spells or like punch spells. They're still removal, but they target your creature. So then you don't have to pay the extra eight. But uh, can you pay? You can't pay X though. You would just have to use it as a a regular fight. Uh, you may yeah. cast that card for no, because you can cast X. This. Isn't like an additional cost. No, it's right? just part of the mana cost. So you... Oh, you have to pay for the cards with this thing. Yeah, you have to pay oh. for the cards. So you do have to pay. So most of the time you're going to have one or twos. That's what you're looking for. You're not looking for three or higher. Um, that's why I said Defiant Strike, because you get to draw a card and do plus one plus zero. Mm -hmm. But, um, I don't know. I, I don't typically play two, three, flying for three with no abilities in standard. So this, really sure. this has an ability. It's great. What? You, you get to play it, cards again. I but like functionally, you know what I mean? Like yeah, functionally you get to play. A, functionally, that's isn't that flavor text there? I think that's flavor text. No, no. At the it? bottom it says uh, you may pay additional costs and timing rules apply. But 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 you can. Uh, it does activate for zero. You can do that every turn, even if you don't play. Oh, anything. okay. I just thought that whole block was flavor text. Uh, <laughs> <you know. laughs> uh, yeah, this is. <laughs> is asking a lot um no <laughs> i was like luke lukewarm when i thought that the zero ability just cast the fucking spell for free <laughs> but you actually just have to pay for it again <laughs> but jeff it's a mythic <laughs> <laughs> i don't know maybe in like this could be your feather number five in historic if, if feather was a deck that didn't suck. <laughs> I'm wondering if this is a, yeah. a card that can fit into like a Leonin Lightscribe deck or like a um, what the Lumenmancer. Yeah, Clever I mean, to be like real, the the reason cards like this are such a long shot is because it's so hard to find that perfect balance of playing creatures and pump spells in constructed. The this de card, in order to be good, requires your deck to have a lot of combat tricks, like you said, or pump spells but then pump spells are terrible if you have no creatures so you really need to thread that needle of i need a lot of pump spells to make this good but i need a lot of creatures to make my pump spells good and then what happens is you draw all your creatures and no pump spells and then you're playing a three a two three flying for three or you draw all your pump spells and no creatures which is even worse that's like the disaster scenario <laughs> no because then you can lose faster when you start when you start pumping your opponent's creature with defiant strike to draw a card, card you know <laughs> that's a great um, that that's uh that's like pro level play right there where you like wait. if there's something here it's like a a new take on the naya fury deck where you're trying to win with goldspan dragon and this lets you access your uh your fury cards from the bin or whatever right yeah you can pump you um, can double your creature's power twice 
there you go. And that's that's a lot of doubling. That's all you've ever yeah. wanted to do, right? Because a one one becomes a two two becomes. That's no, like four times it, as much power. It becomes a four one. <laughs> it's really exciting. Um, um, yeah, so it, that's the shell I could see it in. Um, but I don't know. I think they would. I think they have better stuff to do than this. <laughs> uh anyway yeah okay so that one was definitely like what i said behind the board for this i i definitely uh want to play this card um because one of my i really hope this card like dominates yeah. standard and well, makes me look dumb because one of my favorite <laughs> cards is always like a one mana plus one plus one hex proof card um i love those Ugh. like a snakeskin slippery whatever. you slippery bogo yeah, it's so good uh, but anyway, those, so I'm assuming that we're both kind of saying that that's not really worth a slot, but tried. Yeah. I tried. I really tried. Um, but anyway, those are the cards that we will revisit maybe at some point and be like, yeah. Hey, remember so when our we... slam, <laughs> our slam dunks were, were worth a slot. Our long shots were not. And then the other ones, you know, I think we're split on them. We might be split on those ones. Um, but yeah, anyway, that is what we think about those cards. I hope you had fun with whatever we did because we had fun. Um, but I'm yeah. not happy because my glass is empty as usual, way before it's supposed to. We need to rectify that. Yes, and so I'm ready for a uh, oh last call actually. Oh wait, Jeff, wait, yeah. sorry. Ding ding, you, ding, yeah, ding yeah, ding. there you go. Did you hear it? It's last call. Yeah. All right. Three, two, one. All right. Okay. Here we go. Let's crack these. We're in line. It's always interesting when that happens. It is. So we both picked my beer, the Faces mm -hmm. Double IPA from Wellington. Um, 8.5%. Yeah, definitely tastes like it. Though I want to have another sip of this before I start talking about anything. Um, yes, that's wise. Because <laughs> I... Uh, well, not just because I want to drink it, but also just because I want to remember. Hmm. Yeah, I better do that too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just to, just to taste it up. All right. Okay. Ah, yeah, right. Um, so I, I'm just gonna go first. Uh, we never do it the same way. Oh, okay. All right. Before we get too ahead of ourselves, as always, um, if you're an avid listener, you know we do that often. All right. So we we rate beer every week, uh, and uh, we do it in a scale of bronze to mythic, which is of course the tiers in arena. Uh, so this once, as like we always say, um, has nothing to do with if you are in these tiers or not and what these tiers mean. This is just a way of ranking things. I don't think that bronze players are the worst. However, a bronze ranking for a beer means it's trash. It means it's the worst. Uh, you don't even want to finish it. It's just so, so bad. Silver is macro brews, and they're basically just not really a lot going on in a beer. Just like, oh, okay. Um, gold is fine. You just, you know, you don't really think about it, but you'll definitely drink it, and it's, you know. It's kind of okay. Uh, platinum is, oh, this is solid. I'm going to drink this again. Diamond is, this is exceptional, and I will recommend it to someone. And Mythic is absolutely the best beer. You will re recommend it to a stranger on the street or someone in a store or uh, random listeners at home. So that's how we rate things. I, th I, thought, we were, I thought we were talking about how we were going to switch the scale from a posterized strikeout to a 
home run slam dunk. <laughs> so, okay, so this... <laughs> now, yeah, so now everything we're doing is baseball or basketball related, kind of conjoined. <laughs> Basketball, yeah. Yeah, so this beer is actually just like, um, it represents none of the players, but actually the guy selling the hot dogs out in the hallway. Uh, it's, yeah. it's just out of the game. It's not even close. Uh, anyway. Couldn't agree more. I was going to give it the same exact rating. Yeah, exa- exactly the same rating. Uh, the Frankenfurter hallway hot dog down a hallway uh, uh, yeah <laughs> the uh the ballpark mustard rating yeah, yeah you're yeah. right yeah uh definitely it's uh it's a foot long no that's a sad thing not a good thing uh anyway uh aside from that of us just like changing everything up um these beers ultimately i'm gonna say not that happy with them it was a really close I... close uh close tie it was close it was close tie for me as well um but yeah not in a a really excited close yeah it was a close tie of like oh which one do we have to pick um no i it's funny i wasn't that down on it but okay all right um well it's funny because when i first cracked this one i was like i tasted it and i was like okay i literally just said that i didn't think it was silver or bronze and i was like hmm all right well it's definitely not those but i'm not super I'm like, I'm not going to pick this one. And then I had the other one. I was like, all right, I think I'm going to pick the other one. <laughs> I just like was like, I I just had such high hopes for this Wellington one I brought. And uh, I liked it better than the other one. But uh, it might have been because this one took over my entire mouth. And I couldn't right. taste the other one very well. I think both are, are fine. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah, I, gold. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah I was like on the the gold platinum border I think yeah. on both. Um, I was gonna give this one platinum, the other one gold. Uh, I think I'm just gonna give them both gold. I'm just like, <laughs> all right, I I, I can live with that. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not outraged. Yeah, the, um, this so, is this is just a fine double IPA. It's not exceptional, but it's it's not terrible. I thought it was gonna be great because like the other Wellington beers that we've had, uh, we had their. What do we have? Fuck, I can't remember now. We had one of their beers. It was great. Their, uh, their Russian Imperial is yes. pretty good. That's the one we had. You brought it on the podcast, and it was mm-hmm. uh, awesome. So then I had really high hopes. And uh, this one's kind of left me being like, Wellington? I don't even know. I don't know what to do. So Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. the other one I had this weird experience with where I couldn't decide if I felt like it was too pineapple or not pineapple enough. I agree. I, yes. I, I like took the first sip or sorry, smell. And I was like, whoa, that's a lot of pineapple. And then I took a sip and I was like, is there pineapple in this? And then as I was drinking it, I couldn't figure out if it was too fruity or not. Yeah. Fruity enough, I, and like I had the experience of I had this one first, which was like, ooh, that's a lot of like hops. And they definitely, you know, deliver on that. And it's got the flavors and everything. And it's, it's good. And I, I mean, I do like it. Um, and then I had the, the pineapple one and I just tasted like tart you know, just kind mm-hmm. of like the tart side of pineapple, but not like some of the juicy flavors. I was like, oh, this just tastes like acid kind of. And I was like, that's, you know, it's, it, it's, it's fine. I don't know if I was distracted. I don't know what happened, but for whatever <laughs> reason. <laughs> I kind of wonder if I was like smelling pineapple, but not tasting it. And that's what kept confusing mm-hmm. me. Like, I don't know if this is too much or too little pineapple. Yeah. Um, but 
I just didn't love it. It also kind of, it just looked like, uh, I don't know, it looked like a really, it was very carbonated. And so yeah. it was just super bubbly and... Uh, just, just different. Anyway, um, you know, sometimes on the arena regulars, this happens, you know, this. Yeah. So um, I think it is time for closing time. Closing time. This is when Jeff sings, and it's great, and we love it so much. Anyway. Uh, like a little more conviction in that next time. but uh, Yeah, I, I kind of like it where... The words were good. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, that's all I'm working for. Anyway, uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Tell us how you like our singing. Uh, you can always reach us at Arena Regulars on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, you can't tell us how much you like our singing, but you can give us a calculation sticker if you play against us on Arena. We're Arena Regulars Podcast. Yes. Uh, if you want to yell at me about anything I, I said, or if you think that Levin is the worst fucking card you've ever seen in your life, um, you can always find me at uh, Zulberg, which is Z-E-U-L-B-E-R-G on Twitter and Instagram. But Jeff, where can they find you? Yeah, if you want to tell me about how Mavinda is the worst card you've ever seen in your life, and we can have a good chat about how we agree on that, you can find me at Blues Brews MTG on Twitter. Yes. Uh, also, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, it makes a huge difference for us. Also, follow us on uh, Spotify and Anchor, iTunes, anywhere that you listen to our stuff. YouTube, please give us any comments. We really appreciate it. It really makes our day, honestly. This has been the Arena Regulars. Reminding you to play some Friday Night Magic to win $25,000. Good night. All right, that's fine.